Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Stop Sports Talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is the Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin, presented by Renters Warehouse. And here we go. Straight up, 6 o'clock by my watch means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. Blessed to have you as a part of my audience. My name is Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Would appreciate it. Many of you already do. Today, if you read the Big Six blog, you've got my review of Hobbs and Shaw, which I screened last night. Don't want to spoil it for you, but if you like ridiculous nonsense that's over the top in the middle of the summer... You should go see this movie, which basically means you should go see this movie because it is a lot of fun. I do need to say I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this show finds you and yours doing exceedingly well in your lives. And we'll see how blessed I am in about an hour as I throw out the first pitch at the Nashville Sounds game tonight. That's an unbelievable blessing in its own right, but it also means I had to pick up a baseball for the first time in a long time. Yes, I did go out and throw a few. Dave McGinnis told me, that he didn't want to get into my business, but that tonight did not need to be the first time I threw a baseball in 20 years. So I went ahead and did that. I welcome in Alan Bell, the senior editor of NFL content for 24-7. We're just going to talk all about the league. We will talk some Titans. We talked an hour with Rhett Bryan last night. It was all Titans all the time. If you missed that, subscribe to the Big Six with Jason Martin through your podcast, Catcher of Choice. You get this program however you want, whenever you want. Consume it at your own rate, at your own pace, wherever you are. We appreciate that. And, of course, subscribe to all the Fine Zone podcasts while you're there. Alan, what's up, my friend? J-Mart, what's up, buddy? Uh, it's a busy season for both of us, it I is. would suggest. So, I don't know that I've ever asked you this question before, but are you a Titans fan? <laughs> is that is that is that a team for you, or have you have your fandom at some point changed, or are you now sort of trying not to be a fan of one team? I know you live here, and so you see more from here, but I don't know where your fandom lies. No, it's a good question. Um, you know, anybody working, you know, in this industry, you you really don't have a team. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm around the Titans more, and and Titans, you know, fans and media and everybody. So, you know, I'm around it for sure more. But you know, I, I do like to keep that professional stance of you know not cheering for any team you know so we can stay objective on all 32 and the league as a whole so we can start with them though and i'm just going to ask this kind of this is a question i think that's out there especially in nashville but this might be something to look at for the league because i look at Jameis winston and i see a guy that if it doesn't work this year with bruce arians he may never get another chance to start in the league the rest of his career could be a backup quarterback we already know the guy that was drafted right out of him right after him is Marcus Mariota here in Nashville. Both of these two guys with a lot to prove this season. Which one of them has more to prove? Ooh, that's a great question, man. Um, You know, I'm going to say I think Jameis Winston does, but uh, you know what? They both do. I think they're both, as weird as it sounds, I think they're both kind of in an equal spot. You know, we look at this year, they're both obviously fighting for another contract, you know what I mean? Um, But... 
the league as a whole is in a weird spot because if you remember, you know, four, five, six years ago, it seemed, you know, every year the, the hard thing for all 32 NFL teams was finding a quarterback, right? You look at training camp this year, there's only two teams that really have a quarterback battle. You've got Fitzpatrick and Rosen uh, in Miami, and you've got the Washington Redskins, which that job's going to go to Dwayne Haskins, you know, sooner rather than later, right. right? So, you know, I say all that to say this, that – most teams have a quarterback, so it's going to be interesting if, you know, Jameis, say he has a great season and gets another contract. Say Marcus doesn't and the Titans move on. Well, Marcus might not be going into a place where he starts. It might be similar to what Tannehill is going through this year where you're a backup and you kind of have to earn a spot again. So I, I say all that to say this. I think they're both equally really in the exact same position, uh, and we'll see. You know, they've got, you know, pretty new head coaches, you know, at those jobs, and neither of them are tied to uh, to said quarterbacks. Which one do you like more? I don't mean as a person. Yeah. I mean, I understand that there's a character concern with Jameis Winston that does not exist. That's not one thing that, that Mariota has ever had to deal with. That's why you root for him so hard when you live around here because you know what a good guy he is. Eventually, he's got to produce on the field or you eventually have to move on. But which of these two guys do you feel better about this year? Because Tampa Bay's got a ton of weapons. They've got Arians who's smart. He brought in a veteran coaching staff. Looks like that could be a, a much better football team this year. Certainly better structured, a lot better attitude, unless Jameis were to bring it down. But which one of those two guys do you like better? Right yeah, now? I like Marcus better. Now, let me say this. I think Jameis Winston, uh, just as a pure quarterback, probably has a higher ceiling. Um, he's a talented dude. I mean, that's an athletic guy that, you know, I, I think he has a skill set that – a lot of quarterbacks across the NFL don't really have. Now, does he live up to it? No, but he has that opportunity. But I think I would roll with Marcus. I think Marcus is the more consistent quarterback, and, and I get it, you know, that, that you know, we're still talking about a Marcus Mariota who's fighting for another contract, but Marcus is pretty consistent, and he really hasn't had a lot of talent around him. This year is going to be pretty telling because there is a, you know, just a plethora of talent all around him. So I think, you know, Marcus is going to have probably the better year. Uh, but we'll see. You know, there's a reason why, you know, Marcus is fighting for that contract. So, yeah, I think I would go with Marcus just because, you know, you know what you're going to get. There's not really, you know, that that EKG meter of high, low, sure. high, low. Yeah. You know that you do with Jameis. So, yeah, I, I'd have to answer Marcus on that one. Bigger problem for Marcus Mariota, his health or his inconsistency as a passer on intermediate routes? I think uh, inconsistency on passing, you know, and I know that I just talked about, you know, his consistency in terms of who he is. Uh, but, no, I, I don't think that Marcus is necessarily, you know, injury prone. And I know that's not what you were saying. It, You know, he's coming off a year where he was pretty much injured, you know, almost the entire year, right? So yeah. that definitely is a concern. But I think he's going to be okay. It's the passing part, you know, that he has to get better at and you know that that's always the one statistic that you know NFL coaches and scouts say that that doesn't get better you know with time like when you know who a college quarterback is coming into the NFL in terms of accuracy that's who he's going to be and you don't really get better but I think that he will with better receivers with more talent out there with you know an offensive line when Taylor Lewan gets back that's full and complete if Jack Conklin is good on the right side right I think all those little things are going to help him at least a little bit uh, but there's still, you know, some big steps, you know, like you said, intermediary uh, that he has to get better at. I mean, bar none, because if you don't, there are, co you know, quarterbacks coming up through the college ranks that are ready to take a job. Do you think it's more likely that Mariota gets franchise tagged or that he gets extended after this season? I, I, 
I don't even with Mike Sando rating him number 26 in that list that he puts out every year, which I actually do give some credence to because there's a lot of people that go into it. It's not just Chris Sims, <laughs> yeah. you know, just talking off the mouth. It's it's a lot of executives and things like that. If you're ranked number 26, I don't know if you franchise him, you let him go. But I don't think I think 26 is a little bit low for Marcus. What I don't think he's going to be gone after this year. That's just my gut feeling today. But I also don't know that he gets extended. So how do you feel about that? Yeah, you know what? I agree with you. I, I think that this year is going to be pretty solid for the Titans. Um, and I think Marcus being solid will be the large part of it. So I, I think that he will come back. You know, when you look at contract compared to a franchise, man, franchise, when you franchise a quarterback, that gets expensive quick. And you look across the team and you look what John Robinson has to do. I mean, he's got to make decisions on not only the, you know, the starting quarterback, but the backup quarterback as well, because Tannehill's contract's coming up. Then you've got to look at Derrick Henry. You've got to look at uh, Jack Conklin. I think Dennis Kelly's on there too. You've got to look at Logan Ryan. I mean, there are so many big names that you have to have your accounting correct and get your contracts right. So I think it would make more sense if they do extend Marcus to give him a you know, a three-year deal, and you can stagger out that guaranteed money, you know, so you can kind of work your magic as opposed to a one-year deal where it's all guaranteed and you're looking at, what, uh, the the average of the top five quarterbacks in the yeah. NFL? I mean, yeah. gosh, you know, that's got to be – I don't know what exactly that number is, but it's over $20 million. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, well I mean, yeah, I mean that's, a, that's a huge chunk of money that's all guaranteed. So if he's coming back next year, I would assume that it would be a contract as opposed to franchise. Bayard got paid. Big time. Landon Collins set that market. Kevin Byer can thank Landon Collins, and he can <laughs> yeah. thank the team that paid Landon Collins as well. But this is a no-brainer. Like, I, I don't even want to ask if that's a good move by the Titans. It's more how impressed are you with Kevin Byer coming out of Middle Tennessee and just nutting up from day one and saying, not only do I belong, I'm going to become dominant in this league, and I'm going to do it a lot quieter than a lot of guys do at my position. Literally. I mean, you just said it right there. It's not even a question, you know, of, of whether he was going to get paid or he's worth that money. He is. So, you know, first off, I mean, what you said about him, that's exactly who he is, and he's earned every penny of it because he's a hardworking guy. He's quiet. You don't hear anything about him. You don't, The only time that you really see him around Nashville, you know, is when he's doing, you know, uh, community charity events, right. you know, through the team, things like that. He's just a great dude, and he has really worked himself, you know, to get here and give the Titans credit. I mean, that's how you become a good team in this league. You look at when the Seahawks were good, the Patriots through their entire run. It's when you draft well, and you can find these guys in the third round. I think that's why a lot of people we're so excited about Nate Davis as well because you start hitting on, you know, mid-round guys, especially guys that can become the highest paid player at that position. That means you're doing a heck of a job uh, through the draft. So I thought the Titans nailed it. Kevin Byard, obviously, he deserved it. Um, and just excited to see what he's doing, you know, and, and when he had that press conference of, you know, right after he got paid, there was no boss hog suit. And that's not a shot at Luan. I like right, Luan. I thought sure. that was funny. Yeah. And I think Luan plays a role in setting the tone for the entire team. Uh, but, you know, Kevin Byer just came out there and said, hey, you know what? Uh, about to have a child ready to get to work for training camp. Let's get after it. And that's exactly who he is. And that's why he got paid like that. What's your take on the Luan situation? I adjudicated it myself at least in my own brain two or three times last week on this very program but as we've had a few days to step away from it I haven't really changed my opinion I'm not going to call him a liar I'm not going to call him an obvious like intentional cheater I am going to say that negligence doesn't excuse him 
you have to know what's going into your body when you're a professional athlete. Yep, you're exactly right. And, you know, I believe him. I mean, he is correct. If you look at the business of supplements, you know, that you've got manufacturers, you know, it's it's a few manufacturers in a big world, right? So they're making a lot of different products. Like, I completely agree with him on that. There is, you know, no, uh, you know, protection, legislation, you know, anything like that. So, you know, what he said makes sense. And we've seen examples, UFC, Clemson players, things yep. like that. So, I mean, they, you know, there is a precedent set to it. Uh, I hate it for him. Uh, you you use the correct word, negligence. Like, that's exactly what it is. And uh, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate for the team. They had a process set up. Yeah, it's an arduous process. And to be honest, I would hate to go through that, too. And especially if you have, what did he say, 27 supplements? Yeah, well, why is anybody taking 27 pills? Like, <laughs> well, that can't be healthy for you. Even if they're all vitamins, that's still got to do a number on you, right? I mean, you would think so. It's got to do something to your liver or kidneys or something. I'll say this, though. Like, I, I like that Lawan is ahead of the game in terms of, you know, using, you know, uh, supplements for, you know, brain inflammation, nootropics, things like that. Like, I, I like that he's doing that because if, you know, those products work how they're intended to, he is setting himself up to be healthy and be there for his family after the game. Um, so I like it. However, man, I mean, it's just, you know, it's unfortunate. And, and when you have that many supplements, you know, it's tough. And here's the hard part that nobody's really talking about. You know, once you fail one of these tests, you get put in the program mm. for, I think it's two years. Mm -hmm. And not that he has to worry about, you know, per se that, you know, he's he's trying to skirt any systems or anything, but it's like, it's like getting pulled over by, you know, by a police officer, right? The more times that you do it, you're just upping your chances to get a ticket, right? So I, I hate that for him. And he's going to be tested literally at the discretion of whenever they want you know so you just hate to see that but yeah i mean i believe him um it's just unfortunate you're right i think negligence was the correct word yeah, yeah you believe him but it doesn't matter no nope, it doesn't no. the rule doesn't say oh well, we believe him but we're gonna let him off <laughs> like that's not how it works no look at golden tate golden tate that's quite through. an excuse from golden tate <laughs> yeah i know you know what it was funny was like you know here i, I saw uh, i can't remember who made the point on twitter but somebody said you know what i'm gonna believe him because most guys would admit things like this you know <laughs> what i mean which was funny but i mean he's going through the same thing like golden tate's probably going to be suspended because you know we all saw you know that 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 paper, that legislation that the NFL puts out each year that, you know, they encourage players not to take any supplements. They say, hey, we wouldn't do this if we were you because whatever the case may be, you're going to be held to it. I just think unless a staff member's handing me a pill, I'm not taking that pill. Yeah. It's just way too big a risk, at least for what these guys do for a living. Alan Bell's with us for the entire hour. Stick with us here on the Big Six. You can follow him. Is it at Alan Bell 24-7? That's it. And that's exactly what it is, too. 24-7. My man tweets entirely too much. I'm going <laughs> to ask him about Jack's Pizza later on as well. I know he's said that on this air, but he's never said it on this program. I have not tried it yet. Oh, you're going to love it, man. That's what I continue to hear. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the rest of the NFL coming back, including the rest of the AFC South, Tyreek Hill. And how many running backs would you pay for, if any? That's all coming up here on the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. So. Welcome back in. Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Good Wednesday to you here in the Music City. We're brought to you by Renters Warehouse, dedicated to putting homeowners on the path to financial freedom through rent estate, renting your home without having to do the hard stuff. Renters Warehouse is the rent estate company. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Alan Bell, 24-7 is how you follow my guest tonight. He's also going to be with me tomorrow. we got a half show, a little truncated edition of the Big Six. It's a big 30 minutes, I guess you could say, before the Hall of Fame game with the Broncos and the Falcons. My Broncos, but I don't even know how much of the Hall of Fame game I'm going to watch. So 
you know, whatever. Still means football's back. But let's stay in that division and talk about Tyreek Hill. Alan, Tyreek Hill is back on the field, sort of. He got hurt. It's not going to be anything serious from from what we have seen. But explain to me how they could not have had him better prepared to answer the obvious questions that he was going to get with his first media availability at training camp about the situation that nearly cost him his entire career. And he talks about, oh, well, punch it in the chest. That's My son asked me to do that because he wants to play Iron Man. I want to play Aquaman. What the hell is Tyreek Hill talking about? I have no idea. I mean, you're exactly right. Like, that sort of a situation. I mean, you've been around NFL teams. You've been around college teams, you know, your entire professional career. They control everything, right? Like, they have their hands, and they know situations that are going on. So how that became his answer was preposterous. You know, it was just dumb. It could have been avoided. And, I mean, how how old is the child that we're talking about? Like Three. Uh, three. Do three-year-olds even talk? I mean, do, like, at that of a level of, hey, you know, punch me in the chest. I, I, I haven't heard that, you know, and, and what kid would ask that, and why would you do it? Yeah, and you, if you're going to do it, why would you do it, like, hard? Yeah, like, like you I, would I, barely even tap your son, right? He's three. You don't have to – you're not pu- – this is not pugilism. Like, you're not <laughs> in a boxing ring with your son. I know. It, 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 this whole situation has just been a mess, and anytime that there's a child involved, man, it, it just it, – it becomes – you know, not that other situations aren't serious, but it becomes extremely serious because now you're you're crossing a line that is legitimately one of the worst things in the world. Yes. You know, and, and there's no question about it. So, yeah, I mean, to go back to what he said, it was dumb. Um, and unnecessary, too. Doesn't yeah. Doesn't it make like, you believe him less because he explained something that didn't need to be explained? Yeah. All he needed to say was, look, I'm growing as a person. That whole situation was blown way out of proportion. There were no charges filed. I want to move forward with this football team and try to be a better man. That's yeah. like all you have to say. That's that's what that's what you say. You know what I mean? Like if we're looking at it from a purely just a, a PR perspective, that's what you do because all the answers have been given. You know the NFL didn't charge. You know they didn't suspend you. the The district attorney didn't charge you. So you just go. You know you just say, hey, I'm trying to put this thing behind me. I'm working to become a better person. You know I, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. Let's move on. And you know you might catch flack for not taking any questions questions for that day but then it's done um it, you just definitely don't say anything like that it i don't know man I, those those types of situations you know i, I just hate to see it just how is he not prepared like how did they know. not know that it's coming and maybe not know that he's going to be adept enough yeah to handle it i mean urban meyer had the same problem urban yeah. meyer kept explaining his explanations that's when you're in trouble when <laughs> yeah. you have an explanation that you would then have to further clarify and that's what tyree kill seems to be waiting in and he waited himself into the deep end. It's not like the media tried to trick him into this. No, they didn't. You know, that old phrase, like, stop while you're behind. Yeah. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, you're just digging your own hole. It, it was dumb. Could have been avoided. Um, you know, and now, you know, Tyreek Hill finds himself on, you know, he's pretty much, he's he's up against the wall now. I mean, if there's anything in terms of trouble, you know, that he gets in, uh, the NFL is going to have to come down extremely hard because, I mean, he already had, you know, the issue that what coming out of college. Yeah. He's had this issue, you know, even though there was no punishment given, you know, it's still there, you know. So, you know, we'll see what uh, what what he does and if he could just stay out of it. Because, you know, if you just look at him purely on the field. Oh, it's ridiculous. He's, yeah, he's one of the top six best players in the league. You know, he, he's legitimately a running back and wide receiver and, and, and matched with that quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. My gosh, man, they could do a lot of things. Yeah, they could if he can just stay out of trouble. <laughs> yeah. and hopefully hopefully he will. Like, it's not like I want to disbelieve Tyreek Hill. No. Nobody wants to get Tyreek Hill. 
But this was this was not a good look. Michael Thomas, another receiver, he got paid. He got paid today. As a matter of fact, got his extension from the New Orleans Saints. I think it's five years, $100 million. Obviously, you had to do this. Even though Michael Thomas is not the biggest guy, he's not the fastest guy, but he seemed to be perfect for that system. They didn't have a whole lot around him in the receiving game. Now, they have Kamara, and they had a good running game, and they have Drew Brees. But the one thing I look at, when you pay a receiver this much money, this ain't Major League Baseball where I can just pay $500 million if I want to. I look at it as two different board games. I look at the NFL like it's risk, and I look at baseball like it's monopoly. If I have enough money, I can go buy boardwalk. <laughs> if I want to go ahead and risk that, I can buy boardwalk. And if I have more money, I can put hotels on boardwalk and charge you when you land on it. But risk, I have to determine where I want to actually attack and make sure it's fortified around that spot so that I'm not so weak that it doesn't matter <laughs> that I had that place in the first place. Dude, that's one of the best analogies I've ever heard. You nailed it right there, and you're exactly right. You know, and you look at it and say, okay, uh, you know, for a wide receiver, because, you know, when you have a salary cap, you know, it, it, it's a pie chart, right? And he's taking up a huge percentage chunk of that 100% pie chart now. And you look at the team, I mean, first off, you're right. They had to pay him, you know, if you look at, you know, in terms of, of receptions in a three-year, you know, your first three-year window in the in NFL history, he has the most. I think it's 311, and Odell mm-hmm. Beckham and John. Jarvis Landry at two at like 288. So, I mean, you know, he's a phenomenal wide receiver. He catches balls at a 76.5% clip. Like, the guy's amazing. But you look at the Saints, you brought up a good point. You know, one, their window's pretty small in terms of, you know, the time with Drew Brees because he's not going to be around forever. I don't know if he's going to be around through this entire contract. Five more years, you know what I mean? So you've got that. Two, you know, they their number two wide receiver is Alvin Kamara. Like, they have to have other wide receivers step up because as good as Drew Brees is, you know, he can't make – you know, nine wide receivers come alive and have NFL careers. It's just hard to do. And especially if you have Kamara out there as a wide receiver, well, you don't have Mark Ingram as a running back anymore. Yep. I know that they got, you know, Latavius Murray, you know, they signed in the offseason, but, you know, we'll see what he's able to do. Uh, but, I mean, back to it, like, they had to pay him. He's one of the best in the league, um, you know, and that's just the going rate. You know, and the Falcons are about to do it with Julio Jones and, and to a, a little bit lesser degree. The Dallas Cowboys are going to have to do it with, uh, with Amari Cooper. And, you know, talking about the Cowboys, Cowboys, you know, we, we, we look at, you know, Ezekiel Elliott with his holdout. I mean, the Cowboys are, are kind of in the position that John Robinson's going to be after this year where the Cowboys are looking right now at a contract for uh, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, and Amari Cooper, Amari Cooper and Jalen Smith on defense. I and mean, you have to pay Amari Cooper yeah. because you gave up a first rounder last year. Yep. It's not like you were renting him by giving away. I know the first rounder turned out to be like the 27th or 28th pick, but that doesn't matter. Nobody else was giving up a first rounder. For Amari Cooper, that's why they got pilloried when they made the move. I kind of liked the move because I thought Amari Cooper, I thought his failure was more Raiders oriented than it was Amari Cooper. But once you've done that, you've got to pay him. And I saw Charles Robinson of Yahoo say that Dak, Amari, and Zeke could potentially all be top three paid in their positions in the NFL. And you just have to wonder. How do you feel the rest of the team then? <laughs> I know. You know, and the crazy thing is you look across that team, uh, you know, for as much, you know, slack that, you know, the and flack that we give the Dallas Cowboys, give them credit. They have done work in the NFL draft in the past few years. I mean, they've got a very talented defense. They've got uh, superstars on offense. They've done very well. But you're right. I mean, the, you know, you've got, when you start having to pay big money, look at the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, that team, the entire defense, you know, was gone. You know, the entire Legion of Boom, once everybody started getting paid, I mean, you just can't afford to have everybody. So, you know, their window's going to be pretty tight, um, and they're, they're going to have to do it. They're going to have to pay all of them. 
Um, and, and, you know, we'll see how they go about it. But, you know, like you said, there's no question. They've got to do it sooner rather than later because the longer that you wait, the more the, the, the price is going to go up. I bet the Atlanta Falcons now looking oh, at this yeah. $100 million deal wish they would have signed Julio last year. Yes, definitely. Michael Dettelier, who is a, a fan of this station, he comes on and all the programs, as a matter of fact, he tweeted out earlier today, this is why the NFL draft is so important. Football minimum wage, but eventually you have to pay to keep. And he talks about Michael Thomas, and then he talks about Bell and Anyamata and Kamara and Rankins and Ramchick and Lattimore. And he just suggests, look, there's not enough money to go around, so you have to consistently keep drafting because you can actually make your window a lot bigger. We're about to see that with the Rams. Yep. The Rams had a window, but eventually Jared Goff is going to have to get paid. You have to take advantage of a rookie quarterback in particular surround him, pay the guys around him while you can, and strike while the iron's hot. Yeah, you do. And, and, you know, we just talked about the Seattle Seahawks. You know, once they once they paid Russell Wilson that kind of money, that's when all the money, you know, was gone. You know, for all the pieces, you know, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, or, uh, you know, Earl Thomas, guys like that. There's there's just only so much that you can pay, you know. So, yeah, I mean, Dettelier is absolutely correct. You have to be able to draft. That's why Belichick does so well. And, I, and I mean, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. It, Belichick is a football savant. This guy's been around it he he's a freak like he is unlike any other human being that's ever been in the nfl but he knows that there are price points you know not only by position but you know you have to hit these guys and you have to get them early and belichick's got it figured out where no matter really what position he'll draft these guys let them go through their rookie deal he lets them walk or he'll trade them in that fourth or fifth year wherever you know the case may be usually to the browns let the Browns yeah. pay him $15 million. Two years later, Belichick brings him back for $4 million. Like, he has got this calculator game of the salary cap figured out, and a lot more teams, you know, are, are really trying to do the same. But, yeah, you got to draft well, man, and you got to keep drafting well because if you don't, that's how you get fired in this league. We're going to talk about the running back position when we come back, and one thing about the New England Patriots is they don't really pay running backs. They just keep drafting them. If you notice, they just have young running back after young running back, and they put them in that system – and they seem to, more often than not, vastly more often than not, I would say, they tend to flourish. We'll be right back. Alan Bell with us for the entire hour here on the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. So. Glad to have you with us. Happy Wednesday to you. Hope you and you are doing well. This is the Big Six finishing up, well, most of your live and local day. Not completely, though. Stick around. Global Golf, uh, Barney Allery. Coming off of yet another cool weekend out in Memphis with St. Jude. I'm sure they'll have a lot to talk about. Brooks Kepka winning in the state of Tennessee. Brooks Kepka wins a lot. And they'll talk about that neutral zone also coming up tonight. Chris Martell and the crew stick around for that. Alan Bell is with me. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. He's at Bell 24-7. Just talking NFL tonight and tomorrow Hall of Fame game right here on the zone. Coverage begins at 6.30. We'll interrupt us about halfway through our conversation and then the Falcons and the Broncos will take you home. But, Alan, Scott Kazmar is somebody I really like when it comes to breaking down stats. Football Outsiders does a great job, and I get most interesting statistics from him. And he wrote, of the last 20 NFL rushing champions, five advanced in the playoffs, five missed the playoffs entirely, only two reached a conference title game. That would be 05, I guess, Sean Alexander, and 07, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson. Nobody since then. Not one of them won the Super Bowl. So, the running back position in 2019 is not the running back position from 1995. This much we already know. How do you pay that position knowing the physicality, the shortness of career, 
the it seems to be the ease to replace in many respects a lot of these guys. And when we look at the risk versus monopoly, like we were talking about in the last deal, risk actually works as a name here and as a philosophy as it pays to running backs because it just doesn't seem to work out much anymore. No, it doesn't, you know, and, and man, I think that's the question around the league, you know, and let me say this. Let me start here. Every NFL team is built different. Every offense is built different. Some teams are predicated on those running back stars. I think Dallas is pretty locked in on Ezekiel Elliott, mm-hmm. right? But you might look at, like, say, the Patriots, what we, you know, you were, you were alluding to, uh, you know, previously, to where they're not locked in on one running back. And, in fact, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but Bill Belichick this offseason has quietly built a monster depth chart of running backs. Let's just go through it real quick. You've got Sony Michelle, yep. James White, yep. Rex Burkhead, mm-hmm. Brandon Bolden. Mm. They just drafted Damian Harris from Alabama. Like, those are five guys right there, and they're not paying any of them no. more than $4 million a year. Right. So he is not going to pay big money for that position. He, you know, historically really hasn't. I think the last time that he did was like Corey Dillon, maybe. And it it was like later in his career and it wasn't even that much, you know, money. So, yeah, I mean, I I think that's the way to go. And I think that's how a lot of teams. Now, I find this running back position interesting because I was reading Andrew Brandt. He had a really good piece in the MMQB. uh, I believe it was late last week. And what he talked about was, you know, we've got this rule where players coming out of college you have three you got to stay three years wherever you play or not you just have to wait three years before you go in the league right he was arguing that the running backs as a whole should have their own union get that rule changed because the tread on your tires goes so much more faster right and he brought up a good point too when you're a rookie running back on that rookie deal you know does does balling out and going crazy actually help you for a second contract or does it actually hurt you you know because there are a lot of teams that sign running backs to a second contract and not many of them are very happy now i find it interesting with derrick henry after this year because his tread really hasn't been ran all that much he's gotten carries but he, he it hasn't been you know hand off to zeke hand off to zeke hand off to zeke right so i think if if he tests free agency after the season his could be a little interesting where he's not going to, you know, he, he might not get paid huge money, but he's got a lot of years left on him. So this this position as a whole is a really, really interesting question, and every team goes about it differently. Look at the Chargers with Melvin Gordon right now. I don't think you pay him. No, I don't think, I don't think you, think you do either. You're exactly right. And, I mean, look how fast they call his bluff, too. I mean, if they were playing poker, this is the World Series of poker, as soon as he went all in, the Chargers went all in, too. Like, because they knew, hey, I, I know I've got a better hand that's going to beat you. So, yeah, I mean, I I think this is the question of the NFL of our time, at least for this, you know, pocket of time right now. How many guys would you pay for at that position if you had to pay him big money? I mean, Le'Veon Bell, it seems to me that a lot of bad franchises overpay running backs. Yeah. The Jets are not a good franchise. No. I can understand why you would why you would do this when it comes to Le'Veon Bell if you're them. Also because you have Sam Darnold on one of those rookie contracts. So if you want to try this, now's the time. But how many other guys? I guess Zeke is probably on that list. Yeah. But who else is on that uh, list? You right know now? what? You're exactly right. Uh, you know, it's gonna be Saquon Barkley. Yeah, you know, okay. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's gonna get like nine thousand touches this year because there's yeah. no receivers that can even play on that team. It, it, you're, you know what? That's a great point. We we might see Saquon just completely worn out and tired by like week three. Yeah. Right? But yeah, I mean I, I think Saquon Barkley is gonna be there. 
Um, but to be honest with you, man, there's not many else. You know, maybe, you know, if you look at like a Nick Chubb, you know, I think he could be a heck of a running back. But even Cleveland, look how many running backs they have. Up they there. got Kareem Hunt now. Yeah. They've got, they've got Baker Mayfield talking about Duke Johnson's contract and getting <laughs> shut down by vets. Yeah. They've got Chubb that you just mentioned. So all these teams have a plethora of running backs, which makes it very difficult for any one of them to stand out enough to say, yeah, pay me $75 million. Yeah. You know, and then here, you know, let, let's take it, you know, one step further. So if we're all in agreement that you're probably not going to pay big money for a second contract for a running back, what do you do in the draft? Are they worth a first round pick? You know, does it have to be somebody like Saquon Barkley's worth a first round pick? Like this guy's a stud. Mm-hmm. He's going to be a stud no matter what team he's on. The Giants are terrible, and he's you know he's going to ball out. He's going to Zeke be was worth a first round pick. Exactly, Ezekiel Elliott's right there, right? But you know, you look across the league. You know, Sony Michelle was he worth a first round pick? I think he's a heck of a talent, but he hasn't been on the field all terribly that much he's had a little bit of injury you know uh but you know he 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 was there in the end and belichick's got plenty more running backs so yeah i mean it's so fascinating to look at a league that not only do you have to be so good in your scouting and and looking at these players from an on-field perspective but you've got to have you know kind of your own algorithm built inside with your salary cap guys and your gm to say okay we we only have a few puzzle pieces and they all have to fit we've got to get this perfect because you know if you go too high on the running back then you don't have money for anywhere else yeah. and if that back doesn't turn out you know what you and your gm are probably looking for new jobs alan bell our guest here on the big six follow him at alan bell 24 7 so derrick henry had a great back half well when he came back from london he had that conversation with eddie george and then he started to run on a tear last six seven games of the season he was as good as you ever want to see. I know a lot of people have a lot of hope, and so do I. I want to see Derrick Henry ball out again this year. But I need to see a lot more before I commit to him long term because, Allen, midseason, people wanted to trade him. They <laughs> yeah. wanted to get rid of him. They were calling him a bust. They were wondering, where is Derrick Henry? Where is the guy running like he looks as opposed to shifting like he's Reggie Bush? In the backfield, how much more do you need to see from Derrick Henry? I'm with you. You know, we, we've got to see it this year, you know. And, and I'm going to say this. I like Derrick Henry as a running back. But, man, I don't know what compensation would have looked like, but trading him last year might have been that Belichick move, you know, where you move a guy that you know you're going to have to make a decision on that you're probably not going to pay. And if you're good enough, you know, especially with a Deion Lewis behind him, that's really where this whole thing kind of maybe blew up. Because if you had Deion Lewis, who you're paying a good chunk of money to, and he was, you know, running at the at the the amount and um, you know the the, yeah, the load that he should, yeah, yeah. like then you've got you then you can play around with it. But Deion Lewis really hasn't done it, and maybe they haven't really given him the best shot. I don't know. You know, I, I'm not calling plays. I don't see what they're doing, but. Yeah, I, I mean, we've got to see it from Derrick Henry this year, and I think he's going to. I, you know, I don't know if it's what we saw, you know, 190 yards per game, but, you know, if he's around that 100-yard mark, I mean, that means that this team's going to be doing pretty good because not only is he getting those yards, but the receivers will probably be getting their yards too as well as Delaney Walker. Uh, he's a huge piece of it, and we're going to have to see it this year for sure. The most baffling thing to me in the offseason was Matt LaFleur being the first guy hired. Yeah. Just, be, I mean, not because I don't like Matt Lafleur, but because I didn't see anything particularly blow me away impressive from Matt Lafleur last year, and at times I questioned what he was doing, and it, it was like they rushed to sign him, and then you find out Aaron Rodgers didn't have much to do with it. Now there's questions about Audible and chemistry, and Aaron Rodgers, who thinks he's the smartest guy in the room and doesn't like anybody who's not smarter than he is. <laughs> well, that makes it very difficult when you think you're the smartest guy in the room. 
how is this going to work? Yeah, that that's another great question. And and let me say this. I mean, if you're the Green Bay Packers, like I get your brand value of you being the Packers, but guess what, man? Like Aaron Rodgers gets a say in that. I don't care if you want him to have a say or not, or he rubs you the wrong way. He's your whole team. Yeah. Like he and he's he's the arguably the best quarterback in the NFL in terms of talent, right? Like he's going to get a say. Now, I you know, I kind of alluded to it last season in the middle of the year that that LaFleur could be hired. Now, I didn't see that coming, but there just really weren't that many good candidates out there. Plus, you know, a lot of teams are kind of getting away from that retread higher, right? So you just kind of play, you know, addition by subtraction. There just weren't many guys to go get. I didn't think he'd get the Packers job. You generally think, you know, he gets a, a Cardinals job or, you Maybe know, a Bucks job. Yeah, you know, something like that. Like the Packers generally don't make that higher, but the Packers had to make that higher because they got to get somebody that gets along with them. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I, I, I'm with you in terms of like questioning exactly how much, how valuable he was last year because, you know, we all looked at the Titans in 2018 and we see the Wildcat coming out, which was incredibly creative. And it was a smart move. And then you find out that was Mike Vrabel. You know, so it's like, all right, so Lavlore's not even doing this. Like, what exactly is he doing? Exactly. And I guess we'll find out once we see Arthur Smith in that role this year, you know, if Lafleur had something to do with it. But he, he was smart enough to get through that interview, and he was smart enough to get the job, and he comes from that, you know, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, you know, love fest triangle that's I going guess. on across the league. Uh, but we'll see. The, the problem with him, uh, the problem for him, is that he's going to a Packers team kind of similar to what the Titans were dealing with last year where you don't have a lot of offensive talent, so you're going to have to to get creative your run game isn't that great your your wide receivers aren't you know they're, they're okay but it's not you know a high level atlanta falcons you know style of group so he's gonna have to get creative with that and if it goes downhill quick how quick does you know him and aaron Rodgers you know kind of feud on the sideline if they do one more segment to go we'll talk about the afc south the division there are a whole lot of question marks that aren't titans related about what's going to happen with the other three teams, as well as Chris Ballard, man. If you could hire a general manager, it'd be hard to do better than what he's done in Indianapolis. We'll discuss all of that next as the Big Six rolls along here on a Wednesday night in the Music City on 104.5 The Zone. Down. Final segment of the program this evening, Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Alan Bell has been with me all hour here, 24-7, the senior editor there, lead editor for the NFL Vertical at 24-7 Sports. He'll also join me tomorrow as we're going to be on for 30 minutes prior to the Hall of Fame game. I just have such a list of NFL stuff. It's so cool to have football this close yet again. It's also so cool to have Renters Warehouse as a part of this program. They're dedicated to helping homeowners benefit from the rental boom by renting their homes the easy way. Renters Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. Follow him at Alan Bell 24-7. You can follow me at jmartzone. I'm Jason Martin. In about 10 minutes, I'm throwing out the first pitch at the Sounds game. That may clue you in as to this might not exactly be live. I'm just saying. I know we're not supposed to admit that on the radio, but I can't be in two places at once, and there is no portal for me to walk from the studio directly onto the field at the Sound Stadium. So, Alan, do you think that I'm going to be able to pull this pitch off, or is this going to be something that's going to live in infamy? All right, so first off, I think you're going to do well. Now, I was asking you, you know, when you told me, and I've always wondered, you know, if you're throwing out a first pitch, like, do, you know, do, do you throw a little bit before? Do you get ready? Do you do some long toss? Like, what's your approach here? Well, if they let me, yeah, then I'll, I'll take a few warm-ups. But I just went out to a high school field and threw a little bit just by myself just to make sure that I had the distance – 
right because I I don't want a Cincinnati mayor this thing. <laughs> I don't want a Mariah Carey this thing. I don't want a Charles Barkley this thing. I certainly don't want a Carl Lewis this thing. I don't want the ball to still be in my hand when I'm through with my follow-through and it just rolls underneath my feet because people do have smartphones. I don't know if you're aware of this. Your whole career is pretty much built on it, as a matter of fact, that yeah. people have access to your content at all times at 24-7. Uh, so this is going to be filmed, and the only way that this matters, it will not be mentioned again if it's okay. As long as it's fine, if it's within the catcher's grasp, or even if it goes too high, it'll be all right. But if it's a total disaster, I will never live it down for my entire career. This is what the Internet has brought us. It is. That that gif will live forever. And, you know, you made a good point. It's kind of like, uh, you know, an umpire or a referee. Like, if we don't know your name by the end of the game, it means you did a heck of a job. So yes. I think you're going to crush it, dude. I, you've got it, man. Take all the confidence. You've got it. You, you, you're you're going to, dude, you're going to fire a strike in there. 60 feet, 6 inches. You got this, man. Uh, we'll see. AFC South, I don't know what's going to happen except that the Colts are the best team. Yep. I don't think that that's a hard one to predict. No. I know sometimes that the NFL can be a little unpredictable. This one's not. Chris Ballard's done a great job. They did pay a couple of guys, but they had a ton more money they could have spent, and he just wasn't willing to spend for what they didn't need. And then you look at the rest of that division. I know this sounds harsh, but I continue to say that Nick Foles has the best Halloween costume in the league which is that of a starting quarterback when he's actually a backup. But it's a great Halloween Express $40 purchase, or I guess you would say like $90 million purchase at this stage. Houston's offensive line and their business structure, their office structure, bother me. You've got Jalen Ramsey showing up in an armored truck. This is a bonkers division, and I think outside of the Colts trying to determine who else sifts out of it is pretty difficult. Yeah, it is a bonkers division. you know. So let's look at the Colts first. Uh, obviously, they're, they're at the top. And you couldn't be more right on Chris Ballard. I mean, not only, you know, did they have $100 million or so, you know, to spend, they didn't do it. Chris Ballard is basically just telling the rest of the league, you know what, I don't have to spend this money. Right. I'm better than you at drafting, and I don't have to spend any of it. And the scary thing is this, is that their locker room is getting better in everything that Jacksonville wishes their locker room could be because Ballard has so much money, he's walking around paying guys early. He's saying, you know what, if you believe in this team, I believe in you. Let me get you a new contract now, get you paid. And that, that does big things for morale. So if they keep drafting like that, it's going to be tough. I think the Titans are two because they're a consistent team. They've gotten better. We look at, you know, the Titans. If we if we all admit this offseason the Titans got better, which I think we all will. Sure. They were a 9-win team last year. Should have been 10 if they beat Buffalo. So that's a 9-10 win team that should be getting better. So I think they will be as long as, you know, nothing disastrous happens. Uh, the Houston Texans, it's criminal what they didn't do on their offensive line. They didn't address it at all. Uh, they're going to get Deshaun Watson just blasted back there. Um, and that kid's fantastic, but, man. Him. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't want it to happen. But, like, I mean, they've got to get that offensive line figured out. But they don't have a general manager. And they tried to go after, you know, Nick Casario in New England. Which Do you think that's what they're doing <clears throat> is waiting on him and they don't want a lame duck guy for a year? Which I still think if that's what they're doing, that's ignorant. Yeah. yeah well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, look how much power, oddly, Bill O'Brien has there. Like, it's crazy the amount of importance that he has on this organization. They just fired the last GM because, you know, Bill O'Brien and him, who were boys, aren't boys anymore. And they're like, well, you know, this is Bill's team. It's like, it's crazy. He, they treat him like Belichick down there. Uh, and then you got the Jaguars, who I still think are going to be a disaster in their locker room. They're, they're a firework that's waiting to go off. I think Nick Foles will help because I'm with you. I, you know, he's not 
you know, that great of a quarterback, but he doesn't have to do a whole lot. Basically, don't be Blake Bortles, don't turn the ball over, and try to bring some, you know, cohesiveness in the locker room. But when, you know, all the, you know, attitudes and players that they have, I mean, that thing could blow up at any time. So, yeah, I mean, the NC South is going to be wild this year for sure. How much better is Nick Foles and Blake Bortles, in your opinion? A lot. Um, because I think Nick Foles, not necessarily that he has, you know, some cannon, some arm, but he's just smart. He's intelligent. He knows his limitations he knows pockets he knows what he can do he knows what he can't do and he's not going to turn the ball over he might not be that great but he knows how to hand the ball off and keep the offense going and if they could as good as that defense is if they could just keep themselves from leaving that defense you know in horrible positions jacksonville can win some games because that d really is legit how many games does a fourth place finisher in that division win Six, seven. Okay. I mean, I, I think this division is going to be tough. I think that you know these teams can go about it, and they can win a lot of games. And I think you might see you know a little bit of a bloodbath. You know, besides the Colts, and, and you know we'll see who they win lose against. You know, in the division, but I think you're going to see a lot of you know one and one you know type of games between the Titans and Jags, Titans and Texans, Texans and Jags. You know, the, these teams are good, man. The, they can win some games because the, I think that they've all got quarterbacks. You know, if you look at a division where Marcus Mariota might be the worst quarterback in the division, mm. you got a pretty good division. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. We'll keep Alan Bell tomorrow for a couple of segments. We'll talk some other things about the league. I want to talk about the Browns' expectations. I want to talk about some of these rookie head coaches. And also, Colin Cowherd said something pretty stunning about Jared Goff. We'll get into that, as well as Josh Rosen and a ton more. So we'll see you tomorrow. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night. On 